0: So today I'm joined by Keith Nelson of Buckcherry. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me.
1: Nice to see you.
0: In February it was announced that you would have your own Gibson Collector's Choice based on your 59 Sumbers Les Paul Lewis. Yes. I'm guessing you're pretty pleased with that.
1: I'm very pleased with it. Um, We, uh, having that guitar made is a complete honor for me um, as a collector, as a guitar player. Um, So yeah, uh, I was a complete honor and they... Uh, really went out of their way to replicate that guitar very, very closely. I'm really, really knocked out by how close they got it. And um, not just the look, but the way the guitar actually feels and the way it sounds. They really matched the electronics really well. As a matter of fact, right before you got here today, um, a friend of ours, Todd, owns number 11 in the series, and he brought it down to check out and compare against the original. And We decided it was pretty, pretty close.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So when did your love for Gibson start?
1: Oh, so early on. You know, I think um, just seeing old pictures of Keith Richards, and, and uh, I was really into Free when I was a kid. The band Free and Paul Costa played Les Paul, and yeah, Jimmy Page and Joe Perry, and you know all those guys just made me... I just When I thought of the guitar, I thought of Gibson. Cool. Les Paul. So
0: do you think you'll ever have a different model release in the future or possibly a I specific mean, signature guitar uh, you know i don't really
1: care much for the signature guitar thing i don't think i can really better what what they've done you know um i do have another guitar that we're talking about doing uh, another collector's choice on at some point which is the 57 tv junior that i play every night um so there's some talk about that but um i'm just stoked to have the have lewis out there and and, and that, it's, that it was done right. Like, I can really say, honestly, if you go to the store and you grab one of those guitars, at least from what I've seen, it's pretty, pretty close. Oh,
0: cool. So, I once had a conversation with Xavier, and he referred to you as having 110 bajillion guitars. <laughs> Is that an accurate
1: statement? Uh, <laughs> I, I love guitars. Um, I love them for multiple reasons, you know, but ultimately, they're great tools to get. Songs written and performed on, and that's really what it comes down to for me. I'm not really a guitar shop guitar player. Um, I'm not a schooled player. I, it's all a tool for the song. So yes, I do have 11 billion, or or so. Are they all at your house studio? Like, do you know
0: everyone in and
1: out? Or you know, it's funny. We've been on the road for so long, and you know, the the uh, traveling acquisition of gear is something that we're kind of well known for in certain circles and um, I will get back to the storage locker back in LA in between legs of the tour and I'll see cases and I'll look at them and I'll go what's in that case and I'll open it up and I'll be like oh I remember that guitar I haven't played it since I bought it so there is a little bit of that but I've really tried over the last few years to really weed some things out and only hang on to guitars that I'm actually really using and really loving all right
0: so I have a few rapid fire questions sure First
1: guitar you ever owned. A Fender Telecaster. Last
0: guitar
1: you bought. Not acquired, but bought. Bought. It's been that long? No, it hasn't (laughs) been that long. Just so many. Um, I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, too. Last guitar I bought. uh, I bought a... Fifty-seven reissued Gold top from the guys at Dave's Guitars in La Crosse, Wisconsin.
0: Another guitar player you'd like to collaborate with?
1: Collaborate with? I'd love to write songs with Rick Nielsen. Which do,
0: which guitar do you consider the holy grail that you would love to own someday? I
1: mean, I feel like I kind of own it, you know, at 59 Les Paul. I don't know if it, there's more of a holy grail than that for me, I think it's kind of it.
0: The coolest, the Midas engraving you've ever seen?
1: Uh coolest Zamitis engraving I've ever seen. Uh you know, Danny O'Brien actually did a Zoomitis top for me that has a mermaid on it. And uh that to me is my favorite one.
0: Do you sell or trade your guitars to make room for more?
1: I do, um, but usually it's all about uh trading up to uh consolidate. Do
0: you design your own guitar picks or does somebody else?
1: I definitely design my own guitar picks as a matter of fact the skull with the seven deadly sins on it I drew that on a napkin and Took a picture of it with my iPhone and sent it to the merch company and they took that design and made it into a t-shirt And I made it into a guitar pick Awesome
0: Do you have any guitar related tattoos?
1: I have no guitar related tattoos Well, if you don't count that one It's not a guitar though Yeah, it's not a guitar
0: Do you have any guitar, or I'm sorry, do all of your guitars have names?
1: No, absolutely not Okay last time you played Fastback 69? Oh, 1999, maybe? It's been a while. because
0: <laughs> no, I saw you in 2001 and you played it Okay, that so <laughs> that's
1: probably, that was probably it. That was probably it. Good song, though.
0: Yes, it is. Do you have a specific go-to song when you're sitting around at home playing?
1: I mean, you know, it's funny. when uh, Usually something by ACDC or free to just kind of pick up and acquaint myself with a guitar and an amp or whatever it is. Cool. like All Right Now or Highway to Hell or you know something where you just can grab the guitar by the neck and just spank it.
0: All right, so Confessions was released a little over a year ago. you guys pretty happy with the reaction from fans and your experiences overall this past year?
1: I mean, the reaction from the fans has been really great. Um, you know, record sales as an indicator of your success has been something that's been harder and harder to actually use as a barometer because of the way people are getting their music and experiencing it now. Um, you, that, that record probably has sold less scanned copies at retail stores and online than anywhere else, but more people seem to be familiar with that record and come out to shows, you know? And when you factor in how many times the songs are streamed on different sites and everything like that, I would say um, it's been really well-received. The thing I like about the record is that if you're a fan of the band and you get into the story, you can really go deeper than just the songs. But if you're not really into all of that and you just put the record on, it's still a rock record that makes sense. So um, I think it's been really well received.
0: I debated saying this, but I will say um, to me, having been familiar with the band all these years, it's very mature sounding. And don't take this the wrong way, but I was glad there wasn't a crazy bitch type song <laughs> on there. Um, do you feel the sound and the vibe you achieved with this album will continue onto the next one, or is it whatever will be, will be?
1: I can tell you the next record is already done, and it's definitely um, not as adult as uh, or mature as you would say in your words. Um, but I think that there's moments of that. So I just think you don't, you know, we want to make. Uh, I think we all want to make, and I truly want to make the most genuine record that we can at the time. Just that speaks of the place that we're in, and I don't think we can really fake that. You know, we made the Confessions record, we were really ready to make that record. We were really ready to do a record without a party anthem on it, or you know, and to kind of roll up our sleeves and deal with some heavier subject matter. The next thing that we're about to put out is a complete antithesis of that, but I still think it shows the growth of the band, and it's um, and it was a lot of fun to make. We made it really fast. Um, We laughed a lot, and um, we just kind of did exactly what we wanted.
0: I read in a recent interview that you mentioned a very exciting EP. Is that what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So you can't elaborate any more than what you've just said.
1: Um, It has a little bit of a theme. You'll know by the title, and um, it's going to basically knock you over the head.
0: And when will we know more?
1: Yeah, this spring, Spring. for sure. It's technically spring. Yeah. (laughs) sorry so i'm not
0: getting any more out of you okay no. <laughs> all right so with six studio releases and i've always wondered this with every band how do you decide the set list each night is it based on your mood the city you're playing in fan requests
1: i mean all of that uh and coupled with the fact of the songs that we actually can remember <laughs> there's a lot of songs at this point but you know you've seen multiple shows so you know we never really play the same set list twice we may include the same songs in every set list because there's a certain um, contingency of our fan base that wants to hear lit up and crazy bitch every night and that's cool i love we love playing those songs but we mix the set list up every night so tonight that's what you'll hear so and i can tell you there's one two three four five songs on there that we did not play last night
0: awesome i like how you're opening with lit up versus closing with it i think it just really sets the tone you know back in the
1: early early club days when we were an unsigned band we opened with that song every night and then it became the first single and we had some success with, with it so we were advised to move it later in the set and we did and then uh, when we came out on the Confessions Tour, I had been wanting to open up with that song for a long time. Because we have a few other well-known songs that people like to hear. And we were saving that till late. I'm like, why don't we just... And we were going on these festivals and we were playing with these bands. And we were, you know, playing a few like more album-style tracks before we got into what we were doing. And I was just like, let's just go out there and fucking knock, em, knock their dicks in the dirt from right from the jump. And let's open with that song. And we started doing it and it's kind of stuck. So you'll probably hear that as the opener for a while to come.
0: That's cool. So you're playing different new songs than you were last year, or the same rotation?
1: Uh, no, definitely different new songs. Like off of Confessions, we've been we we did Water a lot. Uh, we did we did uh, Air last year. We do Water all the time now. Um, Dreaming of You is going to get added to the set list pretty soon. Um, we just pulled out Too Drunk. We haven't played that in probably four or five years. Uh, Lawless and Lulu, We played that last night. Uh, you know, so it's definitely always, always changing. We we played You a couple weeks ago off of Time Bomb. Um, fall from Time Bomb gets played a lot. That's yeah. my
0: favorite song off that album. All right, so for a short time, you guys were doing covers like Midnight Rider, Highway Star. Uh-huh. Any chance of bringing those back or different covers even? We actually
1: moved on to a whole new set of cover songs. It's funny that you bring that up because uh, we... Uh, during the last break, after we finished the EP, we decided that we're going to start recording some cover songs, and probably put them out on the website, uh, you know, straight to the fans, bypassing any kind of uh, uh, mechanism other than you know getting getting the music directly to the fans. So we just recorded four cover songs, and we're going to do three more when we get back on the next break. So we're kind of getting a little stockpile of, uh, of fun covers that kind of give you a little glimpse into some of our influences. Are they older bands? Uh, Some old, some very, very modern and new.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Is that spring release, too? <laughs> uh,
1: I don't think it's going to be released as a body of work as much as it's going to be released kind of one at a time. No, I know,
0: but are you still thinking spring?
1: Yeah, or? I mean, th- those are those are uh, probably going to come out in the next month or so we're going to start releasing those.
0: Cool. Look forward to that. All right, so for everyone that hasn't seen Buckcherry Live, uh, the energy and whatnot behind your performance is uh, super amazing, powerful electric. Uh, for me personally, during the last few years, though, I've noticed that the um, interaction between you and Stevie D on stage has really changed. And you guys, instead of staying in your corners, you now interact a lot more. And I will say it's a lot of fun to watch you guys.
1: Well, I, I think that's just a, um, that has nothing to do with other than just, you know, more familiarity and um, uh just really appreciating being in a two guitar band and what the other guy does that you don't do and because um, we've always been really close personally um and yeah it's just a little bit looser we're more comfortable and um yeah it's fun
0: it is fun so you've been making uh music as Buck Cherry for 15 years now are the things that inspire you now drastically different compared to what they were back then are there still obstacles to overcome, and do you find, defi- or do you find you discover new things, whether it's evolving as an artist or about yourself personally?
1: Yes. <laughs> um, the things that inspire me now are the same things that inspired me when I started, and it was really about songs, you know. Um, I also, uh, for me, it always goes back to the song. I think as far as learning new things, there's always something to be learned, and I think when you think you know everything that's when you're really fucked it's when you really don't know much at all because there's always something to be to be learned whether it's from other musicians other songwriters other bands the guys in your own band um, yeah there's always something out there to be learned
0: oh, cool. so what was the thought process behind following up the video for nothing left to Te- oh, no, I'm sorry nothing left but tears with its dark imagery of the seven deadly sins to the chill mellow vibe of Dreaming
1: of You I mean Dreaming of You was a song that uh, Josh and I wrote because we really just wanted to end the record on a a lighter note and it fit into the story and he you know that song started had its origins before we even came up with the concept of the Seven Deadly Sins because or definitely separate from it because he was just asking me to come up with some music that reminded him of a certain song you know I want to write a song like you know, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of came up with this little acoustic guitar thing and he started singing on it. And the song wrote itself in five minutes. And, um, you know, we're, we're kind of getting to the end of this record cycle and and we really wanted to um, release one more song, but we're also at the end of our, our deal with a record company that's probably not going to do a whole lot to promote any kind of single. So we basically just went and did a really low-budget video at the, at the beach just so we could get that song out there and figured, ah, oh, it would be on the Internet and people would dig it. Now people are starting to really, really watch it and it's getting some attention, so maybe we'll see if we can turn it into a single. But, you know, it's just... You look you make these records and you look back at them and you listen to songs and you think, man, I can't believe that that wasn't a single and I can't believe that that didn't get more attention. And... and that's one of the few regrets in all of this is that songs that you really, really fall in love with don't get the notoriety that you think they deserve. So we just wanted to get that song out there. We think it's, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that this band has multiple sides to it. We've got the crazy bitch side and we've got, um, you know, party anthems and we've got darker, more punk side to us. And we've also got this side where we really love a good pop song and we love a good ballad and, um, so we just want to make sure that it gets showcased. It's kind of been overlooked, I think, in the last in the promotion of the last few records.
0: Great song. Great video. Thanks. So for anyone that doesn't know, last October uh, this, the decision was made to replace Jimmy Ashers. How was the transition for everyone in the beginning um, for the band to bring in a new guy after all these years? And do you feel the fans have been pretty accepting of the change? And is he a permanent member now?
1: Um, I think that... Uh, the transition was pretty easy. Kelly's a great player. Kelly has a long relationship with Stevie and uh, and Josh. He's known those guys for a long time, and uh, he and I have a ton of mutual friends. He's a great player. He and Xavier play so well together, um, and he really appreciates the other guys in the band and what we do. And so it's been a, um, unfortunately, there needed to be a change. I don't think any of us really saw that or looked forward to it. But it happened, and um, and the fans have been really, really accepting of Kelly. He's a super sweetheart. He takes a lot of time out with the fans. It's really appreciative. So that's been really nice.
0: All right, so speaking of the fans, over the years, you guys have been known to hang out after the show, even if it's freezing outside. And more recently, you've been offering meet and greets and VIP options. Why is it important to have that connection with your fans offstage?
1: I mean, it's it sounds so... Um, wrote to just say this but really the fans are the people that enable us to do this for a living so there's a definite appreciation of that from all of us and you know we we, we talk about it a lot when we're just hanging out or whatever about because we're all such big fans of music and I know what it was like when I met the guys in Aerosmith for the first time and when I met the guys in Kiss for the first time and um As a fan of music, you know, you really want to meet them. And then followed shortly thereafter by the thought of, God, I hope he's just not a dick. (laughs) You know, because there's nothing... I've met a few people that I really admire, and they were just assholes, and it really bums you out and makes their music kind of hard to listen to after that. So that's always in the back of my mind is when it comes to to meeting people. It's like, you know, I, I want them to leave... Um, with a sincere impression but I want it to be a good one as well Um, and it doesn't really take much time and it means a lot to people that are fans of your music
0: so 100 years from now what current style or genre of music do you think people will still be listening to and if someone were to come across the entire Buckcherry catalog for the first time that far into the future what do you hope that they would enjoy most about
1: it? wow I mean a hundred years nobody's listening
0: to music from the 20s anymore so
1: Um, well I hope somebody gets it on vinyl and puts it on a record player and goes wow that fucking sounds great why doesn't why don't records sound like that anymore why don't people write songs like that anymore Um, are those guitars who plays they used to play guitar back then that's probably what they'll be saying (laughs) I don't know I hope it it, it evokes some emotion in people Um, I hope it's the soundtrack to their parties
0: Right, so you currently have tour dates listed through June what are Buckcherry's plans for the rest of the year
1: uh, that's all I really know of so far I think we're talking about maybe staying out through August or September um, but uh, as far as I know we're, we're going to be in Europe in June and I know we're trying to figure out what's going on in July August September
0: okay. so here at Unsung Melody we like to end with a random question here it goes if you were part of a bowling league What would your team name be and what color are the shirts?
1: The Lebowskis. And our shirts would be black, of course.
0: Of course. All right, well, thank you again for taking the time to uh, speak with me and best of luck with everything.
1: Thank you very much.